What's up, everybody? Welcome back to Hindsightless, the sporadic podcast where I talk about life, role-playing games, or whatever else might be running around inside of my head. But mostly role-playing games, because I think they're rad. Yeah, so... <laughs> last episode was pretty heavy, huh? Yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> Sorry about that. <laughs> anyway, I promise this one will not be. Though at the end... I say something that might be interesting to some folks. I mean, hopefully I say something interesting throughout this whole thing, but I make an observation at the end. And those are always fun. My observations. (laughs) Those never go wrong. Uh, But yeah, so I have a bunch of really cool messages from Barney. Local Ludas, dude. You never know what's going to happen when Barney calls you. I'm stoked on those. Uh... And then from Carl, the GM extraordinaire, host of the GMologist Presents podcast. Yeah, and they're going to, they got stuff to say about shopping and social encounters, which is totally dope. But before that, Barney's got something to say about the Troika game we played in together. So, Barney, preach, brother. That Troika game really was a lot of fun. And, you know, I just couldn't. And I'm sure it was the same for everyone else. Just couldn't turn up the chance to to play with everyone. Really good fun. You know, a little bit of me thinks, oh, why didn't I just take part in the combat? But for probably the first time in in my gaming that I can really remember, it just felt like exactly what my character would not do he would not be willing to uh jump in and try and save someone he doesn't know so i i stuck with that and and thankfully i still got wounded that's good dude barney that troika game was so much fun like i said it was a blast i'm just pumped that i was able to play with you and everybody else uh, and yeah, calling that a combat, that's a very loose interpretation of what combat actually was, <laughs> at least from my character's point of view, who just did nothing, then tripped over his own feet, and then got thrown at some bad guys. <laughs> it was more a slapstick than melee. But yeah, man. And it's cool that you got injured, because it can be tricky from a dungeon master's point of view when a character sits out of combat because it's like at least for me i'm thinking okay cool that's fine you absolutely no problem with that but now what am i supposed to do with you am i supposed to keep that character engaged while all these other people are in a combat like i don't it, it, it can get tricky you know so i i think tj handled it expertly uh, your dude was hanging out behind the bar shit happened boom glasses explode you get cut up that that Sometimes that happens, man. But it was so much fun. Uh, and thank you for thank you for calling in and talking about that, dude. I appreciate it. And you got some more stuff to say. Stuff about shopping. So what's up? I wanted to say something about shopping in games. Because I think it's such an interesting topic, that. And I would just like to say that um, of... You know, Andy Goodman has many, many failings 
not only as a human being, but also as a GM and a player. We all know that. He talks about it all the time. Um, and some people never cease to uh, tell him about it. Um, but I think one thing that Andy does very, very well is is shopping. He's he's great with shopping. And I'm thinking back to this wonderful episode of the Forget Me Not campaign, which was the first game I, I think, played in with Andy. And there's a fantastic shopping scene in there. And Andy really recognises the necessity of needing to tool up, get some stuff. But that this is not always totally straightforward and is a great opportunity for for role playing and um yeah so so hats off to Andy for for being a good shopkeeper as it were um I I wonder I, because you know, so so the key thing is right what I take from what you were talking about with shopping in games is that make it part of the game make it part an interesting part of the game and if shopping is somehow a different part of the game fine but if it then becomes this boring part of the game or something to be avoided or skitted over or whatever i think we end up at encountering the the kind of compartmentalizing the compartmentalization of games and that's certainly correct you know we have like you say you have social interaction we have combat we have i don't know mystery or investigation we have uh landscape travel all of those kinds of things they're all in there but but to separate them out completely I think I don't know I'm not sure about that <laughs> I wonder who it is Barney that is constantly calling in to tell Andy stuff about himself who who could that mystery person be? I wonder. I wonder. But I've actually never had the pleasure of having Andy as a shopkeep. Um, the only time I was ever in a shop during a game that Andy was running was during a game of Tales from the Loop. This was a game he ran for... Let's see. This was a minute ago. Uh, me, TJ... Lirin, Jules, and Jeff. That was a fucking savage crew, by the way. <laughs> that game was awesome. Um, but yeah, that wasn't really the full shopping experience. It was actually just the start of the adventure. So we weren't in there to like necessarily gear up or anything. But, you know, half the time... When my players go shopping, they're not going to go gear up. They're going to buy a new outfit or a bottle of wine or maybe maybe go to a restaurant. Like there are times where I wish I was like, go go gear you guys need better shit. Get some better gear. But they'd rather spend their money building brothels and bars and bathtubs and meeting rooms and that's 
why I forever love my players because yeah, man, <laughs> they get into, they get into the world and I love that. And shopping is a perfect time to really get into the world, to show the players a little bit of your world, how this world operates, how commerce works. Uh, perhaps the shopkeep has some interesting tidbit of knowledge to dole out. Shopping is a perfect place to drop a secret if you're using Sly Flourish's Lazy Dungeon Master techniques of coming up with 10 different secrets every session. Uh, yeah, that's the exercise. You come up with 10 secrets every session, but you don't decide where those secrets are. They just come out during play. And shopping is a perfect place to dole out some secrets like that. So I don't know. Make it part of the game. Make it fun. It gives you as a dungeon master time to kind of stretch your DM legs. You know, exposit a little bit. Drop a little bit of world lore. Oh, man. Good stuff. Don't miss it out. But now, Barney's going to make a, a mass generalization. What's he going to say? Let's find out. So I'm going to make a mass generalization here. Please, everyone, just, you know, challenge me on this. But let's, let's say there are, there are certain tight approaches to gaming where metagaming, whatever that is, is somehow frowned upon. My gross generalization hypothesis is that... Um, people who, or players or groups that put um, limitations on metagaming, like control metagaming and frown on metagaming largely, they, my hypothesis is that they use shopping as a kind of metagaming opportunity. Where you're not completely in the game, or should we say, you're not completely in the adventure. And you have a certain, you have an almost kind of bird's eye view on things, where you, you're taking stock of all the things that you think you might need, that you've needed before, and would like to use again. Those kinds of things, spending money, doing all of that kind of stuff. The resource management stuff. So... That's my hypothesis there. Uh, and so, so when, when you, you're not doing it like that, the flip side would be is that the, the, these kind of metagaming, flipping between character and player is happening at other times, which is always what I feel much more comfortable with and far more enjoyable. There you go. That's, that's, my, that's my penny's worth. That was Barney's Tuppence. I said gross generalization. He said mass, so my apologies. <laughs> I think just gross is a fun word. <clears throat> so yeah, folks, what do you think of what Barney said? I I can see it. I can totally see that. Uh, and Barney, to your point of um, the metagaming and you enjoying being able to flip back and forth between player and character throughout the game. I'm yeah, I'm right there with you, man. Uh, we, we do that all the time. We have, 
yeah, it's that's the thing. When we're into a scene, we are into a scene, man. We've had tears, we've had anger, we've had you know, joyous laughter, jump scares, whatever. Like when we're in the scene, in the fiction, we're in it to win it, man. We are deep, but there's no problem, you know, with all of a sudden somebody hopping out for a second to ask a question about what's going on. Uh, yeah, man, I like to switch back and forth. That's, that's totally cool with me. But yeah, so the question was that the hypothesis, I should say, was that folks that don't do that often during the game tend to do that during the shopping phase. So maybe that's why then it becomes a little more tedious. I don't know. I, I don't know. I, I added that last part, to be fair. Barney didn't say that. That was me. I don't know. Anyway, dude, Barney, thank you. Uh, it was awesome to hear your voice, man. That was a fun bundle of calls. Up next, we got Carl with some more calls talking about social encounters. It's a social kind of day, folks. We're going to get social. So Carl starts off talking about the adventure paths he mentioned in my last episode with the social encounters. He talked about one that had a ball and one that was at an opera. So Carl is calling back in with the names of those adventure paths. All right, dude. Hit it up, Carl. Hey, Joe, just some clarification. So the adventure paths were these situations took place where the opera slash play is council of thieves the first official pathfinder adventure path and the backdrop of a noble ball is in war of the crown in well it's in the first adventure in war of the crown adventure path and i love that creativity by designers when they do this when they they put you in situations where it's not just combat. There's a really fun adventure in Bard's Gate by Frog God Games where, again, it's a play slash opera and the players have to stop the machinations of the big bad. In this. And this adventuring with some sort of social event in the background goes back a long way even to Warhammer Fantasy. There's a famous adventure called Rough Night at the Three Feathers. And it's basically it takes its inspiration from the movie Four Rooms where these different things are happening in these different rooms at a hotel and the players are just caught up in it. And it was, we I've run it and it was what my player said, the best adventure he'd ever played in, in any game because it was so fun to be involved in that those wacky social situations and maybe Warhammer fantasy because of its grim, dark, haha, funny sometimes is a better game for that type of thing where players get caught up in having to solve the problem. When people check into a room at a hotel slash tavern. In fact, they've expanded rough night of the three feathers in the fourth edition where then, you know, after you complete the adventure, there's a very good chance that you become the, you get a patron 
uh, noble woman who's a patron and you get involved in with her party and problem solving when there's a tournament going on, when there's an opera going on, where there's a wedding going on. And, and I think that's great because there's some players that just aren't built for combat, um, especially in a game like Warhammer Fantasy when there's a, more of a chance you're going to be a merchant or a peasant. And hey, maybe that's not the game for most people. But at least I guess my players really enjoy that kind of thing and are not big fans of, you know, mapping a dungeon and going through it. And I'm sure they all like the treasure. And those things are fun. I probably was a little harsh and said that to me they're boring and they're not my favorite, but with the right group and in the right context, it could be extremely rewarding gameplay. So... I don't mind, and I play a lot of different games, and I like different situations, and that's just me. And there's some games plays that I don't like, but I'm not gonna go go tell you that it's bad, wrong, fun. And I think that's where it crosses the line. Is like just because you don't like it, don't ruin it for everyone else, and vehemently state this is not real. Whatever game of choice that you're playing, I think that's. I don't know why that happens. I really don't. Um, I just know that we enjoy social uh, we enjoy social situations as backdrops for our fun games. You heard it here, folks. The GM Extraordinaire says the best adventure ever made for any role playing game ever was a social adventure. <laughs> That's exactly what he said. No, Carl, dude, thank you, man. Um, I have not played Council of Thieves yet. I, If I end up staying in that Rise of the Rune Lords group, we will eventually get there because our GM plans on running every Pathfinder First Edition Adventure Path in order. So we shall get there pretty soon. Um, Jade Regent is another... Pathfinder Adventure Path that has a big social section. I remember that's the game when I first came back into gaming. The group was in the middle of Jade Regent, and that's what I came into. And there's this big social scene in a palace where you have to like impress the royalty by like cooking them dinner and performing tricks and stuff. Super, super fun. Uh, I loved it. I had a blast. I, I've talked about it before. That's the scene where we actually, where I was trying to, in cooking dinner, I wanted to like roast a whole pig with all the fix-ins and everything. And my group was like, no, we're going to make soup instead. Because <laughs> they th thought soup was fancier. That's what that comes from. And yeah, man, see, look, everybody, these social scenes, it's not... Sorry, I say everybody like anyone's actually arguing about this with me. No, everyone here listening seems to pretty much be on board with this. Uh, it's the, it's just the vocal idiots online crying about it. Nobody cool cares about this stuff. And everybody listening to this is cool. So that's good. But I still like talking about it. Because maybe somebody will listen to it and I'll get them all, there, there shouldn't be dances, it's this new stuff. And that's the thing, it's not new. As Carl pointed out, it goes way back to Warhammer Fantasy role-playing. Probably even before that, I bet. 
But anyway, dudes. Yeah. All right, Carl. Awesome stuff, man. Uh, I'm going to get out of here. I'll see you guys on the other side. See, that was way more fun than last one. <laughs> anyway, yeah, thank you again for that, folks, for allowing me a platform that I can, you know, wallow in every once in a while. But yeah, anyway, thanks again to Barney and to Carl for the awesome calls, boys. That was fantastic. Um yeah, so I, I was thinking about something today. I was thinking about something. What do you folks think about this? So, I love John Allen Large's Smoke and Snow campaign. I love it. I watch every time. That's my main experience to OSR and to OSE in particular, Old School Essentials, is watching that campaign i've seen every single episode each one is a couple hours long i watch or listen to the entire thing so i've seen lots of combats happen here's my observation and this is in no way any sort of critique towards john's dming style uh this is just a simple observation that i've noticed john is an amazing dm um the fights don't seem to be any quicker than the fights I run in Pathfinder, on average, on average, sometimes there are very quick fights, just like in Pathfinder, sometimes there are very quick fights. But on average, I, the fights aren't noticeably quicker, at least. I don't even know if they're quicker at all. So, one of the main things I hear about OSR games is that the combats are way quicker. But in my experience, which is very limited, strictly to the OSC campaign that I watch or listen to, they don't seem to be quicker. It's a great system. I love it. I, I would have a blast playing it or running it. I, I could see myself running it in a long-term campaign. I could see my players liking it a lot. I love it. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's my observation. Barney made a hypothesis earlier. I'm making an observation now. It is not a value judgment. It is a simple observation. What am I missing? Is there something that I'm not seeing? Because like I said, I thought the fights were supposed to be faster. I love the way the fights work in OSC. Again, <laughs> I, I want to make that clear. This is not any sort of criticism towards OSE at all. I, I like the way the fights work. So yeah, what does that mean? What does it mean? Tell me. Yeah, so until next time, folks, peace out. funny i was just listening back to this and i noticed a thing <laughs> earlier today i called in to spike pitch's show after his episode uh anchorite amnesty talking about call-ins and stuff and i talk I, in my message to him 
I'm talking about how on my show I don't give people's uh, podcasts out and stuff because everyone knows each other. And then in this episode, I totally do. (laughs) I'm an inconsistent bastard, if nothing else. Yeah, another thing I was thinking about, you know, I've mentioned a time or two that 2021 has been a pretty shit year for me. But my mom pointed out to me some things that have earlier today, some things good that have happened in 2021. Uh, Yeah, so, you know, I got uh, I got completely out of debt. I have zero debt. I did that in 2021. Um, I got a raise and I'll get another one before 2021 is over. And I was able to go down and see my mom and my sister twice in 2021. So those are good things that have happened. You know, it hasn't been all bad. The bads have been pretty bad. (laughs) Fair, fair. But the goods have been all right. And some of the goods have been really good. You know, going home to surprise my mom on her birthday was amazing. That was super, super cool. So 2021 hasn't been all bad. Anyway... Get out of here. I'll talk to you later.